Today is almost too easy. Fish in a barrel, my friend. Tons to fish, people of the barrel. Fish in a barrel. You got the Buccos rallying to within four games of the second wild card, and now they've only got to jump over three teams. You got the foul ball scandal in Chicago. You got Miller Park in Milwaukee cheering racism. What a bunch of Klansmen. You got James Harrison talking about Mike Tomlin's lack of discipline. You got Kennywood adding a section to the park called Steelers Country and a Steelers-themed roller coaster. They were going to make a Pirates-themed roller coaster, but designers rightly pointed out that coasters can't go downhill 90% of the time. So whoop, there it is. You spill the gasoline, and I'll strike the match. This is the Mark Madden Show. The number to call is 412-333-WXDX, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Mark Madden X. Oh, and I almost forgot. Tiger didn't win. Tiger didn't win. Na-na-na-na-na-na. Tiger didn't win. So, the Pirates have won 9 straight and 11 out of 12. I give the players mucho credit because they called Neil Huntington's bluff, the GM. So here's what should happen. Since the Pirates are in legit wildcard contention, Huntington should get a starting pitcher, some bullpen depth, and some infield depth. And by the way, Sean Rodriguez still sucks. The blind squirrel hit a couple acorns. Whoopity-doo! But the Pirates won't do that. I hear talk on other radio shows about Chris Archer and Cole Hamels. There's a better chance the Pirates get Tom Seaver and Christy Mathewson. So at the least, the Pirates should stand pat and see if this group can maintain its momentum. Because you're not going to get much for the guys you're going to trade anyway. What the Pirates probably will do is whatever it was they were going to do before they got red hot. At the very least, they're going to trade the lame ducks like Mercer and Freese. If the Pirates make the playoffs, the season is a success. Anything short of that is not. A winning record means zilch. Coming close means zilch. I said before the season that they would win between 76 and 78 games, and I bet that's exactly how it turns out. What's more important is the foul ball controversy at Wrigley Field, which isn't a controversy anymore because we know now that, A, the guy who stole the kid's ball had helped that same kid get a ball earlier. B, the guy ultimately gave the ball he stole to another kid, only that wasn't captured on camera. C, the kid got yet another ball from the Cubs. So he got two balls, so to speak. But the overreaction to this from Bleeding Heart America was astounding. The kid and his family had front row seats at Wrigley Field. They probably went home in a limousine and didn't tip the driver. I don't think that kid's been deprived. Anyway, 
Is it so terrible when a kid misses out on something? Maybe if kids missed out occasionally and without the usual public outcry, if that happened, maybe we wouldn't be raising generations of spoiled, entitled brats who expect everything handed to them because we are now dealing with the fruit of that, a bunch of spoiled, entitled adults who expect everything handed to them. And that has made us soft and lazy and just millennial. It sucks. I would like to enlist the help of the MFers, the Madden followers. If you're at PNC Park, and I know the odds of that aren't good because attendance is down uh, 13K since 2015, but if you happen to be at PNC Park and you get a ball and you're in proximity of a kid, wave the ball in front of his nose and go, na 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 I got a ball. You didn't get a ball. Because that's what kids need. Kids don't need coddled. They need to learn how to deal with disappointment because there is plenty of disappointment on the horizon. Lots of disappointment. Now, I wonder if that kid considered giving one of his two balls. He had two. He don't need two. One's good. I wonder if that kid considered giving one of his two balls to a kid outside Wrigley Field who couldn't afford a ticket. I wonder if that ever crossed his mind or the minds of his parents. I bet not. I wonder if that kid ever considered giving one of his two balls to a kid in another row that didn't have any balls. I wonder if that ever crossed that kid's mind or the minds of his parents. Again, I bet not. 412 333 is the number to call. We, we got a ton to talk about today, almost too much to talk about today. I don't know where to start. I don't know if we'll get it all in. Uh, James Harrison says Bill Belichick is a better coach than Mike Tomlin. Well, duh. What standard could you apply to even suggest that Tomlin is remotely in a class with Bill Belichick. Uh, Harrison also said Belichick has more discipline than Tomlin, and hey, who would know better than the man who fell asleep in meetings and left the stadium before the game on days he wasn't playing, facing no punishment or even reprimand for either transgression? That's no knock on Harrison. Harrison proved his case against Tomlin before he even stated it. Uh, Harrison accused Tomlin of playing favorites. That's right. Tomlin sure did play favorites, and Harrison was the favorite. Remember on Twitter? Coach Tomlin's selfie with Debo? I really can't imagine Bill Belichick doing that. Uh, Tomlin is a quality coach, but given their talent, the Steelers have underachieved during Tomlin's tenure. And I hear people talking about Tomlin's regular season record, which is good, 45-19 and 19 over the last four regular seasons, but that doesn't impress me. It shouldn't impress you. 
It shouldn't impress Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh isn't a regular season town. The Steelers haven't been in a Super Bowl since 2011, and that is what counts. Harrison was on some kind of panel thing, some football show, like, you know, where they sit around the table and talk football. You know what that means, don't you? He wants to get in the media. This guy who hated the media, who treated the media like it smelled bad, now wants to get in the media. Not since Bill Parcells has there been a bigger contradiction in that regard. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Matt Snyder of CBS. He covers Major League Baseball. And we're going to talk about the Pirates getting red hot, red hot to the top. They are red hot. Well, not to the top, but they're in legitimate wildcard contention. And Matt Snyder going to talk about what has got the Pirates red hot and where do they go from here. What will they do? Will they buy? Will they sell? Will they stand pat? You can tell that at least a portion of Yinzer Nation thinks the Pirates are legit wildcard contenders because the bitching has started about the wildcard round being a single game. How can your whole season come down to one game? It should be best of three, best of five, best of 11. It's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. You know, MLB should not ever change the wildcard format. You can't make the division winners wait around for a best of to play out. That wouldn't be fair to the teams that did better. And MLB should want that excitement to kick off the playoffs. You got two games, both single elimination. You get that game seven excitement right away. It reminds us what's great about the baseball playoffs and about playoffs in general. Another symptom, the Inzer Nation. Well, I I don't know that you think the Pirates are legit in the wildcard race. I know you want that to be true, though. And another symptom is the debate, who should start the wildcard game? A tie-on seems to be the consensus. I would say, yeah, him or Vernon Law as long as we're talking fiction. The cold hard truth is, if the Pirates do make the wild card, they're going to need somebody better than what they got to start that game and give them a legit chance. Remember Arietta? Remember Bumgarner? I don't know who that guy is this year, but he's out there. And in the best of one, I like that guy's chances against Jamison Tyon. I like his chances an awful lot. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Going to talk more about the Buccos hot streak, and you're going to be mad at me because I'm just not enjoying it like you want me to. Oh, I'm enjoying it because that's one thing all y'all have never gotten. I don't root against the Pirates. I root for what's best for business. And when the Pirates do better, I do better. Not you, but me. You care, I don't, but I do better. How funny is that? 105.9 x And 
now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yada, 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 yada. You know what, Mark? I got a hard time, and I was wondering if you give me some advice. Do you have any idea how dumb that sounds? The X at 105.9. I hate Twitter, but sometimes Twitter wins. When Shaquille O'Neal pondered a name for his new yacht on Twitter, somebody replied, call it free throw so you won't ever sink it. Jackpot! Double M on the X, 412-333-9939. We'll get to Tiger Woods' talk later, but I I want to say now, he played real well at the Open Championships. He is playing pain-free, and that's good. He didn't win. He's not what he was. He won't win another major, and he didn't win at the Brit Open. That red shirt on Sunday, nobody's scared of it anymore. He had a bunch of guys to jump over heading into Sunday, and at the end of the day, he barely jumped over any of them. He's still a very good golfer, but that's as far as I'll go when it comes to Tiger Woods. Uh, like I said, we got Matt Snyder, who covers MLB for CBS. We'll talk about the Pirates' red hot streak. He joins me at 4.30. But tomorrow at 3.30, we got Christian Pulisic. Borussia Dortmund, Hershey PA, U.S. national team, best American-born soccer player on the planet today. That's Christian Pulisic at 3.30 p.m. tomorrow. Christian, of course, is in town for the big game Wednesday at Heinz Field. International Champions Cup action between his team, Borussia Dortmund of Germany and Benfica of the Portuguese League. If you're a big soccer nut, heck, if you're a casual fan of the game, you don't want to miss that. Between the Riverhounds making a run at first place in the USL this summer, and uh, Dortmund and Benfica at Highsfield Wednesday. It's a pretty good soccer summer here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I want to get back to the foul ball controversy at Wrigley Field. And the general malaise in this country right now that makes something as dumb as that into some sort of big deal. It's like it's Bartman 2. And the guy who stole the ball from the kid. He's being vilified. Even as evidence monsted, it, he got the kid a ball earlier. The kid got another ball from the Cubs. And the ball the guy stole, he ultimately gave to another kid, not, not the original kid, but a different kid sitting nearby. But it's so much more fun to vilify even after all the facts are in and prove you should not. We are just becoming so, so soft as a nation. I was reading Rolling Stone, and there's a story about the so-called tragedy of this guy in Arizona. When he was 18, he went to jail for breaking and entering, got out, went back to jail for breaking and entering. This guy was robbing to support a heroin habit, and then during his second bid in prison, he got into debt over drugs and got beat to death by other prisoners. Why is that a tragedy? 
Why am I supposed to be upset by that or outraged? We reap what we sow. That guy did. And you might weep and moan because a young life has been snuffed out. I would put forth to you the idea that life wasn't worth much in the first place, and at least he won't be breaking and entering, and whatever the next step would have been in his career as a criminal ever again. Like Monty Python said, always look on the bright side of life. Now, I believe that if that guy had caught a foul ball at Wrigley Field when he was a kid, he would be the CEO of a major corporation by now and not dead. Some adult probably snatched the ball away from that kid along with his dreams. Uh, pirate fans are beating their chests and flexing their groins over the Buccos' hot streak. Yahoo. You're wrong, fat ass. It's a great team, fat ass. Serpico is a star, fat ass. Okay. We'll see. 51 and 49 is decent considering, but they're not the 27 Yankees or even the 2015 Pirates. Now, would I suggest all you hardcore Pirate fans do? The people roasting me on Twitter. What you need to do is go to some games. Buy some tickets. Because attendance is down 6,000 per game from last year and 13K per game from 2015. So go to games. Or doesn't your loyalty and bravado necessarily extend to spending some money? Because if you spent more money, they could afford to trade for Chris Archer. More pragmatically, if attendance was up instead of down, that'd be out of excuses. They'd almost have to add. But now, attendance down, revenue down, I don't know, can't afford it. Uh, I'm kidding, of course, because they can afford to trade for Chris Archer right now if they want. They profited $82 million over the past two seasons and got a $50 million payment on the tech sale just this year. But Bob Nutting would rather keep that money. Why can't you just enjoy the hot streak, fat ass? I am enjoying it. I'm just enjoying it in my own way. Uh, the Pirates begin a three-game series at Cleveland tonight, and then the Bucks host the Mets on Thursday. Good seats are still available. Seriously. As red hot as the Pirates are, there should be about 30K at that game. Am I right? They've won nine straight, won 11 out of 12. Let's see how they do at Cleveland, but certainly no matter what happens against the Indians, the emotional momentum shouldn't be broken in just three games no matter what. But I would bet, I would bet there's no more than 17 or 18K at that game. I would bet. Because y'all care. You talk a good game, but you don't spend a good game. 412-333-9939. Going to talk about some of the catalysts of the Pirates' hot streak in, in just a little bit. Uh, but one is Corey Dickerson. Above and beyond. Yikes. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. You live by the ass, you die by the ass. Well, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that subject. Wait a minute, prostitution's illegal? The X at 105.9. Uh, did you see that Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, 
out in San Francisco, ex of New England. He's dating a porn star. Kiera Mia, if that name sounds familiar to you, pervs out there. Now, something dating an adult video star may cost Garoppolo endorsements. Not if Trojan Condoms is paying attention. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I almost wish the evidence hadn't leaked that the guy in Wrigley Field who stole the ball from the kid. Just to recap, a player tossed the ball to some kid in the front row, and the kid missed it, and the guy behind them reached under the seat and grabbed it and handed it to his wife. Now, what the video didn't show is that the guy had already given the same kid a ball earlier in the game and that he gave that ball, the stolen ball, to another kid. So that guy is not only blameless in this Tempest in a teapot, but he's actually a pretty good guy. But don't let the facts get in the way of haranguing someone to the point of distraction. Anyway, uh, one last comment on that. I I wish that evidence hadn't broke because then we could debate whether the guy's a jerk or not all day, and it would be a show totally devoid of the need to prepare. And I could really use one of those. But, but even if the guy had stolen the ball from the kid and kept it, so what? Life is full of disappointments. That kid in the front row at Wrigley Field, no doubt rich with his rich parents, it would do that brat some good to experience a little disappointment. It would prepare him for the future. And anyway, that was like a soft toss to the kid from two feet away, and he blew it. He couldn't hang on to a soft toss from two feet away. I hope that kid likes the front row because he's never going to get in the lineup with hands like that. Maybe he's the future DH. Oh, wait. National League doesn't use the DH. You're out of luck, kid. Tell you who really is stinging the ball. If you had to narrow down the pirate search to a primary catalyst, I think that might be Corey Dickerson. Listen to these stats so far for the month of July. Hitting 391, five doubles, two triples, six home runs, and an OPS of 1.222. You know what he done, don't you? He guaranteed the Pirates can't trade him. There are other guys they might trade and kind of defuse the hot streak in pursuit of slashing payroll. But Dickerson ain't making that much now. He's up for arbitration, so they have one more year of control, and he'd get a good payday through that. But if you're going to trade him, wait till the offseason because you can't trade him now. If you trade the guy who's performed like that to get them back in contention, well, personally, I think it would be delightful, yes. But I just don't think they would dare do that. Will the Pirates buy? Will they sell? Will they stand pat? Like I've been saying, I think at least they owe it to these guys to stand pat and let them see through what this hot streak has started, although I don't believe it'll get a wild card, and I don't really believe it'll get to over 500. Not that that means anything. Your thoughts at 412-333-WXDX. We talked earlier about Harrison. That's James, not Josh. 
James Harrison saying Belichick's a better coach than Tomlin, and that Tomlin lacks discipline and he plays favorites. That's all true. Every single thing Harrison said is true. You may not like that he said it, but every single thing he said was true. Uh, we've been talking about, oh, wait, speaking of Steelers, because camp opens, uh, I think they report Wednesday, and I don't care. And like I, I keep hearing all these shows being plugged live from Steelers training camp in Latrobe. Dude, I've done those. All you do is sit at the top of a hill. That's the only distinction from doing the show in the studio. I look out my window, I see the parkway. At training camp, they look down the hill and see the Steelers, but that's generally where the connection ends, except for the occasional guest. Although Burt Lawton, they do a good job rounding guys up to be on those shows. At least that's how I remember it, because I will never set foot in Latrobe again. Except maybe, I'd go out to Sharky's one night. To, you know, rub elbows with Pursuta and the Literati at Steeler training camp. But, uh, so Steelers training camp opened Wednesday. To me, the more exciting news regarding the black and gold is Kennywood Park is adding a Steelers country section featuring a Steelers-themed roller coaster, the Steel Curtain. I, I hope that this Steel Curtain is based on the one from the 70s, not the current defense. Otherwise, well, if last year's any indication, Leonard Fournette will have an all-day pass. He could ride as much as he wants. Now, like many of you, I rolled my eyes when I heard that uh, there was going to be a Steelers country section at Kennywood. But it's what's best for business. Yinzernation will absolutely... Lap that up. I lived in Pittsburgh for all of my 57 years, but have never been to Kennywood Park, not once. Can you believe that? Westview Park, now defunct in the North Hills. That was my home field for Shaler Area High School school picnics and whatnot. So I've never been to Kennywood, but I have had the park's potato patch french fries on many occasions because when it comes to hardening my arteries... I simply cannot be stopped. Uh, 412-333-9939. Uh, this just noted uh, that that porn chick, uh, Kiera Mia, dated Garoppolo. And in the 24 hours after, she racked up over 200,000 searches on Google. That is a 2,309% increase over her daily average. Do you don't suppose that she went out with him just to elevate her her public persona, do you? That's okay, because I don't think Garoppolo went out with her for any more than the reason you would suspect. Here's a good tweet from Rooster. If the Pirates lose tonight and break the streak, leaving them at 51-50, and 50, can you play the Van Halen album 51-50? to start the show tomorrow. That's actually a great idea. I will pay it, play it in its entirety. Uh, I don't know if we talked about the Mike Trot thing last week. I think we talked about it a little. About how the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred, see he's not popular enough. Like, not as popular as he could and should be because he doesn't pursue endorsements. Now, I don't think that's the reason. 
Did you ever hear Mike Trot do an interview? He has had charisma bypass surgery. And don't forget, he's only been to the playoffs once in his seven prior seasons. Being popular, like movie star popular as an athlete, that's not a performance to some degree. But a lot's to do with personality. A lot is very organic. A lot just just happens. And there's no way to manipulate it. There just isn't. Now, Sid Crosby is popular because of his stats, his championships, just his sheer ability. But in vain of what Manfred said, Sid never misses a chance to promote hockey. Not promote himself, but promote hockey and the NHL. And the resulting exposure, yeah, that does burnish Crosby's brand, no question. But if you want to know how to burnish a brand, check out Antonio Brown. There's a lot I don't like about the Steelers receiver, but he has played the business end of being a star absolutely perfectly. I can't even say he's overexposed. I think the amount of stuff he does is very lucrative, and it's just right. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Somebody tweeting, what was that Pirates roller coaster joke you told at the beginning of the show? I said that Kenny Wood was considering a Pirates-themed roller coaster, but designers pointed out that it's impossible for a roller coaster to go downhill 90% of the time. Can't you just enjoy the street, fat ass? They're doing good, fat ass. What about Serpico, fat ass? He's stuck it up your fat ass, fat ass. You know what's going to be the final indignity concerning Sean Rodriguez? Well, there are two. Two potential. The more definite one is they will resign him for next season. Not at what he's making now, but they will resign him for next season. And the second is, depending on who gets traded, he might wind up starting a lot somewhere down the home stretch of the season. A uh, couple people asked me, because I haven't been on since Wednesday. Saw a white snake in uh, Houston. Really enjoyed the show, but it was hot as balls down there. Just absurdly, uh, oppressively. I mean, like walking into a hairdryer is how hot Houston was. But I haven't been on air since I saw Greta Van Fleet last Wednesday at Stage AE. Uh, it was sold out, and it was an amazing electric show. It, it's so weird to look up there and see kids doing it. Like, you know, I go to see White Snake, and I love White Snake, and, and, and most of those guys are my friends now. But you're looking up there, you're seeing 40 somethings and 50 somethings. And, and David Coverdale, 63. You look at Greta Van Fleet, there's an 18 year old up there. And the oldest guys are 22, and they're really, really good. Now, Scott Mervison, to apologize to him, I criticized his review of Greta Van Fleet without having read it. But that's the Post-Gazette's fault because they put a misleading headline on it, and I will not subscribe to the Post-Gazette online to get stories. So mostly all you're going to see me read is the headline unless I buy the actual paper down at the 7-Eleven. But Scott Mervis, the rock critic, good guy, good critic, pointed out on Twitter that Greta Van Fleet on Wednesday was much better than the Foo Fighters on Thursday. 
And the Foo Fighters, from what I hear and from what I read, their self-indulgence just took center stage. They took 90 minutes to play the first nine songs. 90 minutes. You know, they're not playing Beethoven or Mozart. They're just playing some rock ditties. And to drag them out that long is nuts. So now, to be fair, on the opposite side of that coin, Zeppelin used to do that. It was great. Foo Fighters ain't Zeppelin. Foo Fighters couldn't carry Jimmy Page's drock strap in a goaltender's equipment bag. But if, if you want a notion of what I'm talking about, watch The Song Remains the Same, the Zeppelin concert film, which isn't a great representation, but it is a representation. And watch, I think it's 22 minutes of dazed and confused. It's like a pagan ritual. And you wait for the stuff. You wait for the guitar being bowed. You wait for the uh, the riff from the Yardbird song. Think about it there. And then the final fanfare before it goes home. And then... It just... You have to understand how to do that to do that. And Zeppelin did in the Foo Fighters. I think they're the most overrated band in all my years of watching bands. I really do think that. Not to be critical. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I haven't taken a call, which means this show is just terrific so far. Uh, some important stuff to discuss next. I have rediscovered an alternate way to make nachos. And I believe it is the best way to make nachos. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yeah? Hi, Mark. Big fan. It's double M. Let me hear you woo. Hi, woo. Well, then you ain't talking, bitch. The X at 105.9. Then you ain't talking, bitch. The X at 105.9. The bucko lineup for tonight at Cleveland is out. Jay Hayes back in the lineup. Dickerson has been batting leadoff and been doing quite a good job there. You got Dickerson, Marte, Polanco. I think Polanco's batted in every spot in the order, as befits a guy who's had the ups and downs he's had in 2018. So Dickerson, Marte, Polanco, Diaz catching, batting cleanup. Moran, the DH, batting fifth. Bell at first base, Freeze at third base, Harrison batting eighth at second base, and then Mercer batting ninth at shortstop. One thing is ironic about the uh, you and cry for the Pirates to go trade for a pitcher like Chris Archer of Tampa or even Cole Hamels of Texas, and that is they just traded Garrett Cole. Not long ago, they had Jay Happ and Charlie Morton. They traded Garrett Cole when he was still in arbitration years. So if you let all those guys go, what motivation is there to go get Chris Archer? And the answer is there isn't any, and there's no way they'll even inquire as to Chris Archer, let alone Cole Hamels. But in that vein, I guess the cliched question of local sports talk today is, should the Pirates be buyers or sellers? 
I have trouble asking that question when we already know the answer when we have long since determined the organization's priorities. I think the best y'all can hope for is standing pat. Well, no. Standing pat with one addition to try to fool you into thinking they're trying to win, although that addition may be accompanied by a subtraction or two. Uh, I think they do get rid of uh, Mercer and Freeze. They hate to let guys just walk away via free agency. So I think them are the guys that go. Uh, I was at the airport in Houston yesterday. And of course my flight was delayed because it wouldn't be air travel in America if your flight was not delayed. So I started drinking, of course. And I got nachos at a bar at the airport. And these were great nachos. And displayed an alternate method of preparation uh, that I have previously discussed on the show, but it's worth revisiting. And they make them this way locally at Patron, uh, Patron Mexican Grill. There's a bunch of those, Patron Mexican Grill. You lay flat tortilla chips on a pan and put toppings on each chip. Beef, cheese, whatever. And then you bake the chips and put them on a plate in a circle with the cold toppings in the middle, like sour cream and jalapenos and lettuce, etc. Uh, toppings aren't just scattered haphazardly on the chips. Every chip is loaded. Every chip is a taste treat. I like it. Ace muy bueno, this method of nacho preparation. Uh, the summer is kind of dragging right now. But it will pick up on August 6th because that's the season premiere of Better Call Saul. Uh, Better Call Saul apparently goes nuts this season. And apparently the first episode is uh, very exemplary of that. There's supposedly two huge plot twists in, in episode number one. Don't forget, it's the first episode since, uh, since Jimmy's brother Chuck committed suicide. So there will be fallout from that. Uh, can't wait for Better Call Saul. And if the commercials are an indication, the characters from Breaking Bad are going to be further integrated, like uh, Gus Fring and and uh, and Mike Ehrmantraut. So I cannot wait for Better Call Saul. I'm not sure when Ray Donovan returns. But Ray Donovan needs to have a good season. I think this is season number six, and that might be one season too many. Uh, the setting for the show is moving to New York. That reminds me of when Laverne and Shirley moved to California. But here's depressing news from the entertainment industry. There's going to be a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Like, we really need another Batman movie, let alone a Joker movie. How about some fresh characters and fresh creativity? What do you think, Hollywood? I really like the first hour of today's show because I took no calls. But I'd like to take some now because, well, I'm not out of material, but we're, we're running thin. So your thoughts on the Wrigley Field foul ball conundrum? Your thoughts on the Josh Hader situation? Getting a standing ovation in Milwaukee. I'll talk about that in 30 seconds. Your thoughts on whether the Pirates will buy or sell? Who or what has been the primary catalyst in their hot streak? 
What about James Harrison saying Bill Belichick's a better coach than Tomlin and that Tomlin lacks discipline and that he plays favorites? I see no way anybody could argue even a little bit with that. I don't think Mike Tomlin could argue even a little bit about that. And by the way, the Steelers' number one draft pick is still unsigned. Remember that notion they're going to use safeties to make up for lacking linebackers? Here's the problem. They also lack safeties. 1059 EX.